Welcome to Manny Talks. This is your host, Manny De La Cruz. I want to thank you again for making yourself available to listen to this conversation. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with Bolivar Morales. Uh, he is someone that I met as a student very early on when he was uh, just going into U of H from the community college. He's got a great story of uh, figuring out who he is and how he was going to work on his soft skills. And look, he was ma- he has managed to get over five internships uh, as a student and is doing very well. So it is my pleasure to present to you a conversation with uh, Bolivar. Enjoy. Let's start with the basics. Who are you? Who's the man, the myth, the legend? Hello, everyone. My name is Bolivar Aptir Morales Sandoval, uh, Bolivar, and I'm from Torreón, Coahuila, Mexico. Uh, I've been living, I, I lived in Mexico for about 11 years. Then I came to the U.S. in Oxnard, California, where my mom worked as a strawberry farmer, picking strawberries, and then we moved to Houston to be closer to my grandma. Yeah, you you have family here in Texas aside from your uh, grandma, or is it just uh, grandma kind of here? My grandma is in Mexico, actually, oh, six okay. hours away from Torreon. Okay. But we don't have any family members. We're by ourselves in Texas, unfortunately. Yeah. But we managed. So how long have we you been? Each other. How long have you been in Texas now? Oof, I'm about to be 28, so I would say uh, more than 15 years. Okay, so so a while. Did you go to high school here, or did you go? Yeah, to- I went to high school and middle school. And middle school here. Okay. Did you come? Did you? Is this where you learned English? Was over go, going to school here, or did you have some uh, sense of the language prior to that? To be honest, I learned in California okay. mostly. I lived the education system, and I created that over here, and I developed it. And then, so somewhere along the way, right, you went to to to, to high school, and you started getting interested in STEM. Was it right away? Did you end up saying, "Hey, I want to be an engineer"? Or, or so what, what happened was, that, was like? that there was a ship junior called Dream a program in my high school by Rice University students. And they had this host called Tony Castaneda, and he works at Boeing, and he did a presentation about NASA, and that really inspired me to become an engineer. Okay. And, yeah, that's the reason I'm here. Okay, so did you pick mechanical engineering right right out of the gate, or did you ease into that, or, you know, when you first started looking at what kind of engineer you wanted to be? I guess I'm curious as to why mechanical engineering. Uh, I also picked mechanical engineering because of the robotics club that I was in uh, that steered me into it because I would ask people in the competitions what's their major that was a mechanical engineering. <laughs> so that would be funny. And that's the reason I picked mechanical because of ro- robotics. At what point did you start getting involved with uh, stuff at school? So tell us a little bit, maybe let's go back for those that, you know, that don't know you. Tell us about your school involvement, you know, where you started, where you're at now. Well, I'll be honest. I started a community college. I didn't like myself when I went to community college because I was too shy and I couldn't talk to people. So I said, I got to change that. So I joined all the club and organizations on campus, which in Houston Community College, it's like a commuter school. Yeah. So nobody really stays over. But joining to, through joining those organizations made me open up more. And actually, me and my friends met an organization called Engineering uh, Student Organization. Uh, we wanted to make SHIP at HCC, but uh, we couldn't do it because we needed at least 10 members to join. But later on, somebody else made SHEP at HCC and it all worked out. But that's the reason I got involved into SHEP. I heard about it and I also went to some of their events when I was at community college. 
I'm glad that they have an open policy. And it was pretty fun. The first event that I remember I went to was a kickball tournament. That's where I met some people. And I was telling them about Shep making one at HCC, and they wanted to help me, but we couldn't make it at that time. But now it's there. It's, it's there. So, so you heard about Ship while you're at the community college. You didn't have one there, but you were still going to uh, Ship events. Did you? How did you know about Ship? Uh, the advisor of our student organizations told us that we should make a Ship club. We didn't know what that was. Okay, he just said the name. And then I joined the Ship at U of H, and I realized that it was so Ship beneficial. I think for our members that we wanted to make one, but. At the, at the meantime, we made that engineering student organization. And so you got, uh, were you there at HCC for a couple of years or how fast did you get over to U of H? I was at HCC for about two years and then I got there in fall of 2017 at, H, at U of H. Uh, I'm a super senior. <laughs> yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with that. I was a super, a lot of, a lot of us are super seniors. That just means we like school. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> different circuit but yours actually is because you've been doing a ton of internships which we'll get to in a second but before uh but but before we get to that right so uh, i met you when you were at u of h right i remember going yeah i think i went for a mayas event actually or maybe it was, event, it was yeah. a mayas event and that was another organization like ship much smaller and i kind of met you there and i think it, you know t- hey time flies by man how it's that's been at least several years a couple of years and i think when i met you you were you were still making that transition and trying to get comfortable and talking to people and, and doing, you know, get, getting involved and doing some of uh, that stuff. So when you got to U of H, did you immediately keep up like with getting in, you know, staying with ship or, you know, doing the kind of things that you were doing? What was that like making the move from community college over to, to um, U of H? Well, when I was at U of H, well, I'm sorry, U of H. <laughs> uh, one of the moves that I did was getting involved in the outreach committee. Okay. I really like helping in the Shape Juniors. So like how the Dream Mentorship Program helped me, I helped them back. And that was a shift. Uh, it was more of a commitment, to be honest. It, it was big. And since I don't have a car, well, back then, I couldn't go to most of those outreach events. But I asked people that went if they would take me. And they would. And uh, that was a shift. I, I think... Um, you know, managing your schedule is very important because you miss some of those events if you don't go often. Yeah. And I wanted to go to those events when the Ship Juniors to North Shore High School. I got to go a lot in the last uh, term of the presidents of Ship, and it was pretty fun. I guess in general, if you had to look back at your whole time, so and I know you're still in college, right? You're still doing. You're about to graduate here in December. It seems like I think that's what I remember looking at. Uh, throughout this entire time, you've been involved. And I've, that's what we've kind of established, right? You started at the community, like even before that, like at the high school level, some robotics, you saw some use for that, made you get the decision to go into engineering. You get to the community college, you're right? You want to create this organization. You stay involved with SHIP. Um, how? What part would you say that staying involved while in college has had on your overall college experience? Well, some of the benefits is that uh, SHEP uh, provides like a familia. I've been able to go to football uh, tailgates and have fun. Because college is not all about studying. It's all about knowing people too. And through SHEP, uh, I've been doing that. They made me, help me meet people, uh, speakers like yourself, 
What about like yeah. the development of like your soft skills? Like, can you think of some specific items or, you know, I don't know, experiences or workshops or things like that where you're like, ah, oh, man, that's when I really understood a concept and started practicing some of this, getting comfortable in my own skin. What was that like? Maybe we can pick that apart a little bit. Yeah, some of the workshops that the chef has, like the elevator pitch workshop and the mock interviews helped a lot. I remember, I don't know if I want to jump into it, but uh, one of the questions that you had was, what was my first internship? Yeah. And I remember it was from GMIS or HINAC. That's where I got it from. Okay. Uh, I got the GMIS scholarship by Chevron, and they allowed me to interview Chevron automatically. Unfortunately, I interviewed with them and they did horribly. Horrible. And I remember one of the recruiters said, I'm going to take my recruiter head off and I'm going to give you honest feedback. And that feedback was golden. It helped me with Northrop Grumman. So I got that internship with Northrop. Is that on the last day, Saturday, the last day of the convention, I had two hours left. And I went to Northrop because they said they were giving on the spot offers. And then I went to the line and I talked to the recruiter and I did horribly with my elevator pitch. But I didn't want to give up. So what I did is that I went back in line <laughs> and then um, I talked to another recruiter. I remember I was counting the numbers yeah. so that same recruiter would not see me. So okay. I would put my portfolio up so they wouldn't notice me and I would go just talk to the other one. And it, it worked. My elevator speech worked the second time. And then the recruiter said, oh, let me take you to the interview booths. And the interview booths, I was still desperate. And the recruiter, I remember, we don't have any has to put you we're about to leave we have an hour left so i think until next year you know like, no 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 just interview me on the side get a chair and i'll do it and he did he got a chair on the side and he the person that i did my i did my first speech to gave me the interview and then i remember i mean he told me tell me the forces on a circle i took physics too already luckily so i kind of knew how to do it i flipped my resume backwards and I wrote it on the resume. I guess he really liked that. And then he gave me the offer. Really? So so that's awesome. So you get this scholarship with Chevron, which gave you an automatic, like, hey, you know, interview with them. That doesn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get some coaching and then you turn around and flip it and use it with Northrop Grumman. So that's, that is a very unique uh, first internship uh, ex experience. So looking, looking back, uh, at that and having to go, you know, that kind of way, would you have done anything different? I think I would have preferred more for the Chevron interview. Okay. Um, but I don't think so. Uh, I think I would, what I would do different is just be more prepared for the Chevron interview. I would have had more opportunities there. So, so since we jumped into the internships, right. So give me, so first of all, I want, I want you to t tell us, right. I mean, this is also about uh, people hearing your successes. Tell Go ahead and give us a rundown how many internships you've had, where they've been. I want you to put that out there. Okay. Uh, so I had five internships. The first one was in Northrop Grumman and then a fall co-op with Mitsubishi Heavy Industries in Pearland, Texas. It's an oil and gas company. And then one on the spring with Cummins, the diesel engine company. I was working as a manufacturing engineer. And then I had another one with Northrop. Then lastly, the one I currently have with Northrop, uh, as as a product support intern. Okay, wow. So see, so 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 then let's. You obviously figured something out. 
on how to yeah. interview, how to tell your story. So, so what have you learned? How would you summarize that? If you had to explain to someone what your, your how your growth has been and how you've accomplished to manage to get these five separate opportunities. Well, I would say I would uh, summarize it in uh, just uh, work on your start method and your elevator pitch. That's very important because uh, I remember when I first started my the Mind Street with Northrop, I remember how my elevator speech and my star method skills were when I first got my internship at HINAC. I needed to re- work on it. So what I would do is that I would work one interview question a day from an Excel sheet that I had. And I would write it down, the answers throughout the day, if I had, they would come up and for the star method as well. And the elevator pitch. But something I really noticed is knowing the company is a golden ticket. You have to really know the company, like their values, mission, ambition. Because when I was at Cummins, I was luckily enough to volunteer at Nesby and recruit. So I kind of knew how recruiters recruited virtually. Really? Yeah, they literally recruit at Nesby uh, Cummins and the Nesby conference. I, I remember I would tell some of my friends, hey, guys, come on, come to the Cummins booth. I'll give you a hookup. <laughs> <laughs> I actually gave one of my friends a hookup. He's still interning there right now. Really? So you even got the chance to be on the recruiting table before you and became a professional. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of, I saw 20 people and out of the 20 people, uh, three only stood out because they did really research on the company. And that made me see how important that is. And when I went through my commerce internship, uh, I went to, you know, the conferences in Chef, uh, GMIS, and so forth. And I noticed that when I talk a lot about how the company does, but in depth, it's able to work better. And also your start method and elevator pitch. So let's talk about that though. You said, hey, those that research the company. So let's break that down. What does that mean? Like, where did you, like when you were researching Northrop Grumman, where, where did you go? Where did you find information? What were you looking for? What are your tips for someone who's trying to understand how do I know more about the company? Well, I remember one of the big tips is talking to people that already did the internship there in the company because they give you a lot of inside knowledge to uh, share with somebody else and it could help them. That's my first tip. Like if you if you interview with someone, I remember I interviewed with GE and I got the offer. I asked the person of Shep, Andrea Lastra, for help. As I was going to have my interview, she told me what some of the things that she learned within the company that helped me stood out during my interview. I said those things that she mentioned and I think that would be one of the tips. Talk with somebody that has interned in the place that you want to be and ask them, do you have any feedback or advice that you could give me to be successful? Did you look, did you at ever like do internet searches, read articles, look at websites? Did any, does any of that help or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it did. they do help. Like I remember when I was interviewing at comments, one guy was telling me something that I didn't know about, is that, but he told me something that I didn't know about, that he read about comments, but he's so, so confident in it that I gave him a pass. So it, they do matter, like relevant um, projects or stuff like that. Because I remember I mentioned that in my GE interview too. Yeah. Uh, they do matter. And when you research stuff, always go look at the about section of the company, the values and the mission ambition. And if you could make any of those things align to what you you like as a person, it'll help you better. Yeah, and that's and and that's and I was looking for confirmation, right? Because from my the recruiter standpoint, 
like I look, look where I work at, I know that the company puts in a lot of time and effort into marketing, right? Into what their website looks like and what information's out there. And even, I mean, you could find like for ExxonMobil, right? You go on the page, you'll find the mission and vision very easily. There's a whole section for like investors. If you really wanted to get into the, the into the money and understand, you know, what the strategy for business is. And then you start clicking around, you can find the career website, where they have like, what's it like working for us? And then there's some about like the different companies within the corporation and you could go down a rabbit hole and there's like a whole YouTube channel. And so I think nowadays, especially nowadays, right? The companies put so much effort into like their digital content that it's almost an expectation, right? That when you talk to somebody, they, they know something, at least a little something, at least the opening page, right? <laughs> Uh, of what's on a, on a website is can sometimes be a distinguishing factor, right? Between making an impression or not making one. Yeah. Like I said, when I was interviewing people at uh, comments, at the Nesby conference, that could tell that could be the difference between somebody that could get the spot because they searched the website, which takes like five minutes. It makes a difference because other people that I saw, they didn't even try. They were like, so they would just stay just like, like that. Like, tell me what you got. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's one of yeah. the ones that kills me, to be honest. When someone comes up, they've been waiting in line for hours and then they just hand you a resume and then they don't say much. They're kind of like, I don't know what they're expecting. It's almost like it seems like they're expecting just for me to start. Well, let me tell you about the company and what I'm looking for and and just start asking a bunch of questions. But it's like that's not the way to do it. Right. You got to have your elevator pitch or and throw in there, like you were saying, some of the stuff from the, you know, if you can find things to align from the mission and vision as you're as you're developing and, and asking your questions or telling, you know, talking about your interests, it's a way to package it. But, yeah, I <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because it it. I guess at this stage, I shouldn't be surprised, but every year it never fails. I'm here. Look, we're about to go to Nila, you know, and I'm going to be at the, at the, at the president's summit here in August. And then later in, what is it? November, October, November at the national conference. And I, I guarantee that I'm going to be there. Recruiters, someone's going to walk up and just try to put a resume in my hand. And it's going to be that awkward silence. Like, what are we, what are we doing? What do you need? How can I help you? <laughs> so anywho, uh, it's, it's, it's funny that you even experienced that uh, as well. I can totally relate. So let me, let me ask you this. So you've had multiple internships now with Northrop Grumman, but you've also had them with other companies at any time during your internships, when you were making decisions, did you ever have to uh, make the re the decision of like a repeat offer where uh, a company wanted you back, but you also had another opportunity. Did you, did that ever happen to you? Yeah, when I was interning with Cummins, uh, they really liked me because I did a tool for them yeah. that saved the company a lot of money. I don't know. I really like the culture at Cummins. It was pretty cool. Um, there were a lot of Latinos because they have a facility in Juarez. Yeah. So they moved to Columbus, Indiana. So speaking to them in Spanish, like, hey, que paso? Como estan? It was really fun. <laughs> Uh, and comments to this day, they keep giving me return offers without interviewing. Really? So how, yeah. do you, so how do you manage that? Like how, how do you make a decision? What are you, you, what are you thinking through? How do you prioritize yourself in order to make that decision to pick one over the other? Well, I don't know if I want to sound a little bit bad, but at first I would say, uh, the money, uh, if is a uh, pay good, 
there or not. For comments, it's really good, but the relocation stipend is not that great. Uh, for And then I would say that job, because comments, as I was working as a manufacturing engineer, they keep giving me manufacturing roles. I'm not, I want to expand my horizon with other things. That's why I'm back with Northrop, because they always let me do new things that are different. That's very important because you can not be in an interview and talk about the same thing three times or four. You got to talk uh, diversify your portfolio. That's why comments, I've been rejecting them because even to this day, they want me to do some manufacturing role. I don't remember what it was, but I I want to be, I want to do something different. I told them and they, they don't listen. So Let, let's, let's, let's explore that a little bit, right? It sounds like, and I get it. Nowadays, you're interested in doing a variety of things. Have you always been that way? Or have you like developed that as you've been seeing your capabilities grow and, and know that you can do different things? I've been seeing that uh, since I entered with Northrop the second time, it was with the same team, but I noticed that I was doing the same stuff uh, when I was there the second time with them. Yeah. So I told my manager, uh, I didn't come here to do the same thing. Kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, so it's kind of like uh, rough. But my manager said that I wanted to do something different. So he was switching me to another team. But because... where did that, so, so that's what I'm, I guess I'm trying to understand. Just again, I'm trying to, I'm very interested in, 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 in having you share how you kind of process some of this. So like that confidence for you to say, wait a minute, manager, I'm not necessarily wanting to do the same thing. Where does that confident confidence come from? I think it comes on the drive that you eventually will interview somewhere else and you want to have something diverse to speak about. Because if I do the same role over and over, like if all my five internships were the same thing, uh, I want to have nothing to talk about. That's different. Yeah. So I, I would say that would be the deciding factor for me. No, so Something it sounds like different. you got a plan. Like, you know, you want to continue to move. You know that you want your story to continue to change and you're making it happen. And I think you're definitely a good example. Like, that's a perfect example of like self-advocating, right? Where you say, hey, it's not that I don't appreciate what's happening. And then, you know, you work your relationship and your network or whatever, and you're able to say, hey, can we talk like something I really want more or I want, I want something different. And because you know what you want, because you've spent the time to think through what you're trying to accomplish, I would, I would assume it makes it easier for you to be able to make that decision between, Nope, not going to go to, I know they want me, but I'm not going to go to, you know, this company again, or, or even if you started to see the repeat stuff at, at Northrop, you would have also, you know, said, Hey, this not doesn't necessarily work. I think, Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems that because you have this plan in the back of your head, it makes it easier for make to, to be able to make those decisions. Yeah, and I think also it's the experience through different internships. Because I remember like every internship I had different taught me something. Like when I was at comments, I had one on ones with my manager every week. And I really like that. Unfortunately on Northrop, that's not possible because they're super busy. But that gave me the courage to, you know, ask to do something different the second time I went. And even the third time. <laughs> uh, so are you graduating this December? Are you, is that when your graduation date is or we don't know yet? I don't know yet. I'm interviewing right now with SpaceX. Okay. So I don't know. <laughs> SpaceX is pretty cool. It's going to be in Brownsville, Texas, the location that I'm going to be at yeah. for the fall. But if I don't get it, like at least I get the interview, that's pretty hard in itself. So. 
So let's, okay, at some point you're going to graduate, right? So at this, as far as you know right now, what are your post-graduation plans? Like, Yeah, I want to do aerospace and do something in the aerospace industry or defense, like Northrop. But my dream company has been Lucky Martin. Uh, I haven't gotten any interviews with them. Well, I I got two, but I haven't gotten any offers. Really? So, yeah, I don't know why. (laughs) I got in there with Raytheon and Northrop, their competitors. But You're trying to chip with... away at that Lockheed at that Lockheed door. And I know they have a good presence with ship, man. So maybe we'll, yeah. have, to, we'll have to see who we can tap into to maybe, you know, scratch that itch a little bit. So now, now I kind of want to have a, just pick your brain as a, as a student, maybe let's have a little bit of an interaction here. Uh, as you're getting ready to graduate, like, what are you concerned about? What concerns do you have as you're entering into the into the job market? Well, one of the concerns I have is that what happens if there's a deliverable that I don't like doing and I have to finish it anyways? Because at my internship, uh, if we don't like something, we have to speak about it right away until we develop too much into it. So we come over into something else. But it's a full time. If you get a project that you don't like, I don't know what's going to happen if you don't, you know. Deliver, I guess you get fired. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, there are some. Look, that's that's a fair one. Uh, I'd, I'd be lying to you if you, if I said every single work item that I see is like you know just awesome. Hey, there's some things like hey, look, I'm a, I'm a manager at this stage, right? Supervisor manager. So, okay, approving time and doing expense reporting that's not fun. But hey, I got some. It's got it's part of the role, right? It comes with the territory versus the stuff that I like, which is like developing people, find, you know, helping them figure out what their career plans are, you know, translating business needs for my group. Like that's the fun part, right? The, you know, the part that I enjoy, but there's definitely some items that are like, man, I wish I didn't have to do these, but uh, as you're, as you're seeing what's happening in the world and I'm not, look again, I'm not trying to get all political right here. So don't interpret it as that, but I have to, I, I have to think that, for folks that are graduating now, just like it was for graduates that, you know, that came out, you know, that graduated right at, at the, at the peak of COVID it's a different time for y'all versus a, a traditional type of uh, environment. So what, what's the word on the street for grads? You know, what are you, are there any concerns in that space? Uh, are, are, are you, are you too busy doing internships to even think about that now? What's your take on, uh, on what, like maybe the 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 some of the global uh, items that are happening now, how how they may affect you? Are you even concerned about that at this stage? Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned because when I went to the Chef conference, I talked to a lot of people, and they said that they graduated a year ago, and the pandemic started, so it was really hard for them to look for jobs and to do that virtual interaction with companies. And since Chef was in person, they took advantage of that, and they said, "Oh, I was off." from school, I graduated a year ago, and now I have all this time to prepare for the conference. And there were some people that were really prepared and took advantage that the conference was in person to get jobs. So yeah, I'm a little bit concerned. Hopefully the pandemic doesn't get too hard that everything is virtual. Again. Yeah. But that, again, it's a benefit because you go to those virtual conferences and you don't have to pay for the flight. Yeah, this and is... the room. So yeah, that's why I got a lot of offers last time. Okay, <laughs> I went to all of them. 
See, and that's interesting because right, so you would there, there's some folks that'll say, hey, you know, it's difficult because it's virtual and you don't get the same, you know, it's all you don't have the chance to kind of express yourself, but clearly you figured out a way uh, uh, to do it, right? To to kind of figure some of that stuff out. Let's change gears a little bit. Let's talk about you know some of the fun stuff maybe. So when you're not sitting here knocking it out of the park with five internships and interviewing for companies, even though you're not a professional. <laughs> what do you do for fun? Any hobbies? Well, I'd like to watch anime. So like Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto. <laughs> I like anime. So I'm an anime geek. Actually, my internship is, ends July 15. So by the time I go back to Houston, I'm going to go to an anime convention. So hopefully I'll see how it is because COVID is still around. Yeah. So maybe I'll wear my mask. <laughs> Dude, maybe figure out some cosplay that involves you having a mask. I don't know. Do you, yeah. go, do you go that deep into it? or? Yeah, I do cosplay too. Uh, I did Kakashi last time. I don't know if you viewers know who Kakashi is, but yeah. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm lying if I told you that I did. My son's, my, my, young, my younger son, out of, out of, I have two boys. The other one didn't care too much for anime. This younger one, he's all about it. And he's watching, like he's been watching Naruto and that One Piece, and and he'll explain it. We've watched it together, and it's just to me, it's like a lot of there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anywho, oh, I, I would say something else uh, to prepare for the interviews or to get in the zone. They go back to the, your podcast and listen to the Vida Star. So yeah, I get you in the zone. I did, and that was one of the earlier ones too. There's definitely a few yeah. topics that I heard very early on where it's like, man, I could probably re-record those because that was, you know, when I was trying to do stuff straight for my, <laughs> straight for my uh, phone, I guess. But uh, yeah, I, I, I had forgotten about that. I did go into a, a lot of detail as to how to kind of treat it and where people get hung up, and there, it, it's a strategy, right? There's some method to it, so it, it's yeah. it's learnable. Uh, any bucket list items, anything that you, that you haven't done, anything crazy that you're trying to work the courage to do or. Uh, so I want to go to all the national parks. So I already went to Zion, Yellowstone, uh, Arches, but I want to go to Yosemite. So maybe before the summer's over, I go. And when you do the, when you do the national parks, are you doing road trips or flying out there? How do you, how do you do it? I do road trips. I drive, so. And then you full out camp, or? Uh, no, I find an Airbnb close by. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, you're using some of that intern money to, like, find you a nice yeah. Airbnb? Yeah. <laughs> so when you get to these parks, like, what do you like doing? The hiking or bird watching? The hiking. What's your deal? Hiking. I remember I went to Zion, and I went to Angel's Landing. And it's pretty cool because you have to go up to those, some chains. So it was awesome. It was my favorite national park so far. Yeah, we did. I, I haven't. Uh, it's been a while since I've gone to to a national park. Uh, actually, right before the uh, man, and I'm forgetting the name of the park. Right, right as the pandemic was starting to happen back in uh, 19, we were in vacation. We did a road trip up to. Uh, it was here in Big Texas. Bend? No, it was here in yeah, Big Bend area. Yeah, there was a whole, there was a, what do they call it? The Grand Canyon of Texas. I can't remember the name of it. Anywho, I went there. We did a whole RV trip and hung out. But prior to that, like I've done the whole uh, road trip out to uh, Yellowstone, but on the way, like stopped in at Carlsbad and and then, you know, went through Utah, went to Moab, 
got to Yellowstone, the Grand Tetons and stuff. I love doing that. Like if one of my yeah. best ideal vacations would be just to jump in a in an RV or, or, or in a car and go. But we in early days before while we were, you know, while I was in school, uh, even in the early days of my career, we would do like full tent like camping. But nowadays, no. Nowadays, it's, you know, you pay for the. I pay for the, 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 the cabins or whatever, <laughs> still do it, but, it, but, but in a completely, uh, different, different light. Hey, do you plan on doing any, uh, of the ship stuff here in the coming months? Are you going to be doing any, I mean, at this stage, any NILA or any national convention or what's up with that? I want to go just to the national convention. I'm not a board member or I don't have an officer position, but I just want to. I would. I would like going to chef convention because you get to see your friends from all over. Yeah. Uh. So I'm gonna try to go. Yeah. At this at this point, you're like the godfather there around U of H. I would suspect, right? <laughs> to the board. Yeah. They call. They call me the OG. <laughs> the OG. Yeah. At this stage, I would say you're the. <laughs> you've been there, done that. So now you help them get get them along and uh, and and so on. That's that. That's cool, man. I, I think that's, yeah. that that's pretty. That's that's pretty uh, neat. Oh, I know what I wanted to pick. I'm kind of going going really back to one of the statements that you made uh, when you were starting. When I asked you about the uh, the you know how do you consider the different internships, you talked about the money, and I think you even hesitated a little bit. Uh, what what does that mean? Like, let's explore that a little bit. Like, what does that mean to you? Like now being in, seeing the the rewards you can get from uh from doing uh, engineering uh, i think the money is great <laughs> and uh but you could go out real quick because i remember on my first two internships with northrop i got a lot of money because the travel stipend was like i think i don't know if i'm supposed to say it it was it was a good amount and uh it gets taxed so it's around but it's still a lot for uh me to stay in one place so but it teaches you how valuable engineering is and the and from the cost that you get is it's a win-win for yeah. you do you have like for do you have any uh, and really what i'm trying to tap on is like hey at this stage you know d- does this also benefit family like now or in the future is that part of it or not so much in your situation yeah it, it does. I remember when I was interning at Comments, they, they paid really well, hourly. And I remember it was salary in my position, so I didn't have to clock in or anything. It just happened. Uh, but it was during the frozen time in Houston that happened. Yeah. In my house, you know, uh, we're not, we only have each other, my family, my mom, my dad, and siblings. And at the apartment, some pipes bursted. Like, they broke. Yeah. So, guess who had to pay? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, but yeah, in the future, I plan to help my family out. My dream is to get my mom a house, so hopefully that's possible. Okay. See, and that's, and I've suspected, I was going out on a limb here. I suspected that it was more than just, well, I want to have, I want to have stacks of cash for myself to do everything I want. No, I, I get it. I, I think for, a lot of Latinos, right? Especially that are in STEM, I would, I would, I, I would bet that part of their decisions, they see this as a means to change, you know, some not only their own finances, but also help, help some family in some way, 
uh, shape or form. Certainly for me, and I guess I'm honing in because you hesitated, but part of me is like, hey, we shouldn't hesitate. I guess maybe I'm going to get a little bit of my, my mentor hat. Like, don't, don't ever be ashamed of that, right? Part of that, it's, it's a reality of what we're trying to do. It's a reality that it, that it helps motivate us, but not for the reasons one might think. It's not that we're materialistic. It's not that we're, you know, yeah, we want to, this is going to allow us to get into, to have a life that maybe we didn't grow up in for ourselves. So that's fun. I certainly know when I, you know, I was still, you know, it was 10 years ago, right? When I first started, big old salary, you know, young family, like we bought, I bought some toys and we did vacations. Like there was a period where it was just like, hey, I'm going to do a, but like a, like a, like a grown man with money. I was like a kid, right? I was buying stuff that I didn't have before, like remote controls, video games. Like it was just like everything that I maybe not, didn't have growing up. And eventually, right, it settles out. But yes. So there is that, but longer term, yes, I, I mean, I've been able to uh, help parents, right, with some things, especially now that they're getting older. My brother, he also has a good, he's also made a good career, not in STEM, he's a finance guy, but he's doing well. And, you know, here recently, we were able to help our parents out with the house. So it's like, that's part of the, the motivation, right? Part of the hunger behind making it happen. And in that, part of the decisions will be the financial aspect. So anyway, like I, I honed in and it stuck with me because I saw you kind of like, Oh, I don't want to sound bad. And my feedback is like, don't, it doesn't sound bad. It's, it's a reality of our situation, but maybe, it, you know, and if you want to ease that, then share the why behind it, you know, anywho. So yeah. I appreciate you sharing uh, some of that. Your siblings, how old are they? Any, are they going to be engineers too? No, my siblings, no. Uh, we're one year apart. My, I have another brother and a younger brother and a sister that's eight years younger. Uh, so my older brother, he's a math teacher. And my younger brother, he's a computer science guy. So he does apps and software for a company in Houston. I think it's a startup. Uh, but yeah, he doesn't like it because he doesn't get to work remote. Oh, he does. <laughs> he does. Yeah, because, yeah. And he was looking for another company right now, but so for you is, is working remote important? That's another one that it's it's an interesting thing that's popped up since. Like, is that important for you? Working remote? Uh, nah, I don't think so. I don't care if I work because I like being at the office because you get to talk to people. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. But my brother, remote is important for him. He's already with that company for one year. He's like, when am I gonna get to work remote? It's just coding on a computer. You don't need to be there. But for me, I don't really care. Yeah, there's some, and that's that's an interest. I started to, I hadn't even thought about that one when we, when I was thinking about themes to talk about. I wanted to pick your brain as as a new, you know, still a student about to get into the professional world. But going remote seems to be like a lot of people want it. And I'll tell you, as a supervisor uh, and being part of leadership teams, it that's a tough one sometimes because there's some roles, not just for us, you know, but I can see in general. There's some roles that just don't lend themselves to remote, right? And then, again, my opinion, there's something to be said about getting out there and meeting people and talking to people, not just like, you know, virtually, but also face-to-face. Uh, -face. All those little side meetings that happen between meetings, you know, you go and get a training or whatever, and you have a side conversation with whoever is doing the training. Like, all of that is where you start to network, where you start to to learn and people get to know you, not that you can't do it virtually, but there's just something to be said about being able to do it 
in person versus trying to do it all from Zoom. But then aside from that, like where I started, there's some role, like if you're going to be in manufacturing and you're in charge of, uh, of the maintenance of a line or a piece of equipment or a unit, man, you're going to have a hard time fitting in if the operator is on the board at the, at the plant and you're the engineer trying to solve that problem from your bedroom, like, yeah, it's just not going to work. Yeah. But it's, it's one of those, Hey, when the masses start to speak, eventually people start trying to figure it out. So even as I say that I've had to change views and develop and grow because the reality is working remote is going to be like a requirement uh, that, some young professionals are going to want like it's going to be part of their make it or break it deal right so we'll see it'll be uh now that you mention it i'm going to be curious to see if i even get hints of that while at you know national convention here uh in a few i wouldn't be surprised now that you like now that we're talking about it someone's going to want to start you know saying hey what's your remote work situation yeah we'll 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 see uh We'll see how that goes. But on the other hand, like you said, your brother, he's doing programming. Okay, so you're just doing programming all day and you don't necessarily need to sit there in, in meetings and stuff. Yeah, that one has a good argument. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's the point of coming in if I'm just going to sit at a desk and code when I can do it from my house, right? Yeah. So while you've been doing all this, uh, these uh, internships and stuff, have you, have, you got a, have you had a chance to work with any of the employee resource groups at these companies? The ERGs, the clubs, essentially? Uh, yeah. So in my first internship with Northrop, I got uh, to work with Adelante, which is a Hispanic club at a company. And it was pretty cool. They had mentoring sessions, and I had my mentors there. But I don't know what happened. Uh, this year, they're not that active. I've been texting them. But, I mean, I've been learning little by little from different clubs. Because I also joined Toastmasters. I keep bragging about Toastmasters, sorry. No, let's uh, talk but, about that because we haven't talked about Toastmasters. What For those that don't know, what is Toastmasters? and what, what Toastmasters you... is the public speaking organization that gives you time to develop your speech as a public speaker. They give you different times. Four to six is a regular icebreaker where you introduce yourself. And six to seven is a regular speech. And then they give you feedback, constructive feedback to get better. But for me, my favorite is the uh, table topics. The table topics are when you get a random question. It, it, it kind of gets you on the spot. Something you never got before asked. And you have two minutes to answer it, but exactly two minutes. So, yeah, I like it. It's it forces cool. you to be kind of concise. How long have you been doing yeah. Toastmasters for? Since comments. I joined Toastmasters and comments. Uh, I remember somebody told me, my mentor uh, is Jennifer. Uh, she told me about Toastmasters and she actually was part of Toastmasters too. So we joined together and we actually had an extra session on Fridays where we worked on our speech. And I remember what problems I had is that I used a lot of filler words. And she would clap them away. Every time I use a filler word, she would clap. Clap, clap, clap. So what like, used to um, be, what, what, what were your, fill, what was your go-to filler word? It was, um, and like, yeah. used to be my filler words that I would go to a lot. And my mentor would clap. And I remember one time, she never was at the office. Until one day, I was in a meeting, and I was speaking. And my mentor was clapping. <laughs> From her desk that was kind of far away, but she was clapping. When I was using filler words, 
And I looked over, and I stood up, and I saw her, and I was like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I still, yeah, that's, that's, that still is something that I will occasionally struggle with, you know? And I think it happens when, um, you're trying to think of the next thing to say, you know, and you start to yeah. to put. So I have several and I know that it's there, but especially the later in the day that it gets, it becomes worse and worse because then the brain starts to slow, uh, slow down a bit. So. So look, man, it was it was it was definitely nice catching up with you. I appreciate you. Hey, helping me dust, get the dust off. Right. Hey, I haven't done one of yeah. these in a while you were one of the first you know very early people that started to you know hear hear the podcast and give me some feedback on it and give ideas and and uh encourage me you know encur- literally encourage me to to continue doing it so you're one of the people that i think about when i'm like hey i want to come back and do this and this was fun and covid's passed and you know i kind of my, my my work, I'm starting to figure it out. I'm starting to feel like I have a little bit of more time to do it. So I'm picking the mic back cool. up. So you're literally the uh, the first one back. So, hey, uh, for those that are listening, hey, this is the first one, you know, the first interview back after being gone for two years, man. I didn't even, I looked, I had to look the other day. And the last time I published something was December, 2020. I didn't think it was that long ago. And that's literally mm-hmm. the last time I posted something. So that just goes to show how fast, uh time flies so thanks for 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 being my uh my my first in the in the comeback man appreciate it no money you got this hey man thanks thanks for the thanks for 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 coming on cool did you hit record yeah like crap <laughs> did i hit record no, wouldn't, wouldn't that be something man we just hey yeah. I, I did say we're gonna either catch up and not it wasn't just about recording it was about catching up too so no i did I, you made me check i'm like oh crap did i no okay i did that's awesome <laughs>